But good fortune has come to our family recently. My oldest daughter, Brittany, and I both won a $500 contest through Air Miles, and we received $500 worth of gift cards. And then we had a trip to Mexico to celebrate with Julie Diaz and Alberto Gomez. And by the way, when I announced her wedding, people were thinking, Are they staying in Mexico? But the answer is no. On December 31st, Alberto Gomez will be joining her here in Halifax. And so her father paid for my wife and I to go to a resort for five days after the wedding as a kind of thank you for looking after Julie these last five years. And then Brittany won another contest through the Crohn's and Colitis, $600 worth of gift cards. So do we get joyful about that or happy or is it just a a time of good fortune? See, we're in a series of messages leading up to Christmas called Christmas Gifts. And over the last two Sundays, our associate pastor James looked at the fact that we receive hope and we receive peace because Jesus has come into our lives. But I'm here this morning to talk about the fact that Jesus also brings joy joy into our lives. And whenever we talk about joy, we usually talk about what it isn't. It's not an emotion. It's not an up and down thing. I just want to show you a picture of what joy isn't. It's not this guy. Look at that face. The snarl. There's no joy at all in Scrooge. But then maybe we tend to go to the opposite direction altogether like this phony, overjoyful kind of person, like this guy. <laughs> Have you ever had kids that watch that? He got to be so annoying. He was just so overly joyful. So what does it mean to have genuine joy? It means that you have strength from God to face anything. It means that you can face the circumstances because God is blessing you. It means that you're less stressed in everything because you know God's love. So this is important. The joy that you are going to experience, the joy that we're talking about here today, it doesn't come from what you have, but it comes from what you know can't be taken from you. So the joy that we are talking about isn't from within us, but it's from something that we know that can't be taken away from us. So they can take your job, but they can't take purpose from your life. So you can have joy no matter what the circumstances. They can take a relationship from you, but they can't take God's love from you. They can take your health from you, but they can't take God's grace. They can even take your life, but they can't take God's promise of eternal life. So joy is there no matter what. That's why the Bible can say this in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Like, always be joyful. There's a nice, easy verse to memorize. But still, I kind of like to keep the always out of there, maybe. Just be joyful. We can pick the situation that we're going to be joyful in. But that word always, that means we have to be joyful in every circumstance that we're going through in life. So how do you find that kind of joy? 
The truth is, if you're waiting for that perfect circumstance to appear, like, you're going to be waiting a long time, and maybe you do finally get it, and it's only going to be there for a moment or two, and then, and then it's gone. So how do you find the joy that lasts through the difficulty? The joy that lasts in the imperfect, ugly world that we live in. See, that's the message of Christmas, that God came to bring joy into that kind of world, the world that we live in. Now, lately, I've been on a bit of a joy tour, just looking at people, trying to understand how they find joy. Like four and a half years ago, I had colorectal cancer, so I was in for some testing at the VG hospital, colonoscopy and all that stuff, and I'm looking around at the fellow patients, and I'm wondering, you know, how are they going to find joy? Like some of them are going to get a bad diagnosis. Others are going to get a good diagnosis. How are they going to find joy in the midst of a life like that? And then I found myself at the mall with my wife, and I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting for her, and I'm thinking, that colonoscopy is better than shopping. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm watching people, and I ask myself, you know, in the midst of the busyness of their lives and this season, how can they find genuine joy? And I've never been to Disney World, but people have told me when families go through the gates, they're all smiles, there's excitement, they're looking forward to this great day. And then when they come out at the end of the day, there are no smiles. Like, because you've got kids, you've got tiredness, you've got overstressed, and people look like they've been run over by a truck. And it was supposed to be a happy day. Like, what happened? How can you find genuine joy? So we're going to talk for a while this morning about where that joy comes from by looking at the people that were a part of that first Christmas. The shepherds, they talked about joy. The wise men, Mary and Joseph, they talk about joy. And the thing is, it's not just for them. It was a joy that was to be shared with others. The Romans chapter 5, verse 4. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us the scriptures give us patience and encouragement so that we can have hope. So whenever you read a story in the Bible, remember, this wasn't just written for those people. It was written for us here today as well. And it was written to give us hope. It was written to give us encouragement. And it was written to give us joy. Each of them can teach us something about joy. So how would the news of Christmas be written up in today's internet headlines because people like to put crazy things up there so that it will attract people to come and look at their website. So a group of college-age students gave some potential ones. They said, well, my baby is here to save the world. Another one was, I am a virgin, and eight other crazy quotes from a woman who just gave birth in a barn. And then another one was three ridiculous gifts to give at the next baby shower. And then the fourth one was, who's the daddy? Woman claims God, fiancé says he's not mine. <laughs> so I have five shocking truths to share with you here this morning and that will bring you joy. And all of these are learned from the people that were involved in that first Christmas. And the first one comes from the shepherds. And that is the fact that joy is here. 
Like all these are learned from the people who were there. Like if you were to take your phone and you were to open up Google Maps and you look at the pulsing blue dot, you are here, and you were thinking, okay, Joy's over there somewhere, and a map is going to be drawn to show you how to get there. Well, that's not the way it works. If joy is going to happen in your life, it's going to happen where you are. It's not somewhere else. It's here in the life that you're living right now. See, the, the uh, shepherds discovered that joy was where they were. We're in Luke chapter 2 right now, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. So here are these shepherds, and it's just another normal night for them. They've been watching the sheep all day, and sheep don't move very much in the daytime, and now here they are sleeping. So the shepherds are there watching these white lumps, and it's just a boring kind of everyday existence for them. And then... All of a sudden, God shows up. Joy shows up in the midst of that kind of life. So when I look at the shepherds, I realize there's great hope that God can show up in my life and in your life, and he can give us genuine joy. Because you routinely go through the business of your everyday life, but God wants to come, and he wants to give you joy. So you don't have to go on a vacation to Mexico to find that joy because one thing that we take on vacation that's keeping us from finding joy is ourselves. That's where the problem is. Like we're the ones that are stressed. We're the ones with the attitude that creates that barrier to joy in our lives. So you don't have to leave your family. You don't have to leave your job to find joy. And there was a key phrase in there, and it's that word suddenly. Suddenly, an angel appeared, like God showed up. And we know that word suddenly very well. Like suddenly, you get the phone call. Suddenly, you get that diagnosis. Suddenly, there's a car accident, and it just changes everything for the worse. But the truth is, just as suddenly, everything can change for the better. So right now, right here, suddenly God can do something new. I can look at things differently, and I can see hope, and I can see that God's love is there. I can see that no matter what the circumstances, God is going to show up in my life. So that's what happened to these shepherds. Suddenly God showed up. Suddenly joy was there. So he can show up and he can give me joy in spite of the circumstances that I'm involved in. The second truth comes from the shepherds as well. And this one is the fact that joy is sent. So it's not something that you spend the rest of your life trying to find, searching for, because you'll, you'll never find it. It's something that God sends into your life. He sent it into the life of the shepherds, and he sent it to us. So we're in verse 10. But the shepherd reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. 
you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. So joy is here. Well, how do I find it? How does it come into my life? Like there are a lot of different strategies that people use. Some people think that, you know, uh, I'll just ignore all the bad in the world. I'll just pretend that that stuff's not there and I'll be a joyful person. But those people aren't joyful. They're just blissfully unaware. And then there are others that think that joy is some lucky circumstance. So I win the lottery and all of a sudden I'm a joyful person. Even though in studies that have been done of people that have won a lottery, they discover very few are joyful. So is that what joy is all about? That one in a million chance of experiencing joy? Like those of you who were living here in Canada back in 2013 might remember this. It was in the news. There were 250 passengers on a WestJet flight leaving from Toronto, flying to Calgary. And at the start of the flight, they were asked, what would you like for Christmas? And then there were 150 WestJet employees in Calgary that went out and fulfilled all those wishes. They had the gifts wrapped. They had a big party for them when they got off that plane. Like, and so it was requests that ranged everywhere from as high as big screen TVs to one guy that asked for socks and underwear. Was he ever kicking himself? <laughs> like, like, why didn't I ask for that Audi or something? So do you wait for something like that to happen to you to have genuine joy? Or, or maybe you know that if you did have the opportunity, you would be like the guy that asked for socks and underwear and you'd miss out on it anyway. So is it a one in a million chance that you will find joy? Well, the answer is no. God wants to bring joy into every one of our lives and he sends it. You don't have to go looking for it because he has already brought it. You can spend the rest of your life trying to find it and miss it. So joy isn't created from within, it's sent from above. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And I've always wondered about the difference between good news and great joy. So good news becomes great joy when it becomes personal. You might tell me, well, I just won a lottery, and I say, well, that's good news. But then if I win the lottery, maybe I would say, well, that's great joy. It's a different experience because it's personal. Christmas is personal because Jesus came for you. He came for me. He came to let us know, I have a plan for your life. I have a promise for your life. I have a future for your life. I have a no matter what love for your life. So Christmas is personal. And when you recognize that Jesus was sent not just for the world, but for you, then all of a sudden, good news becomes great joy. And I want you to see what the shepherds did when they went and saw this child. So it's in verses 17 and 18. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So they went and they told everyone. So the first joy is sent, then it's shared. You tell other people. And notice how the people responded. Like the shepherds were the lowest 
in, in society, in that society, yet the people didn't ridicule them for what they said. The people were astonished at what they said because the world wants good news. It needs good news. So I just want to say for those of you who've experienced the joy of Christ in your life, like please invite someone to one of our Christmas Eve services on Tuesday with you. Like it's the best time of year to invite somebody because people are most open. They really want to hear good news. So invite somebody. It will be good for them and it will be good for you. Now the wise men tell us this third shocking truth. Joy is a journey. Like joy doesn't always happen just in an instant when we want it to. Like these wise men, they started out in the east. And you remember the story. They saw a star that told them that a king had been born. And then they began the process of finding that star. And when they got to Bethlehem, they saw the star again, and it shone down on the place where Jesus, the baby, was. And then in Matthew 2.10, when the wise men saw the star, they were filled with joy. So they traveled a long way, but now they were filled with joy. For them, it was a process. It took time. And the Bible's very clear that that is how joy works with us as well. They look at this verse, Psalm 30. Crying may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So it starts with tears in the pain. Then out of those tears, as you spend time with God, you recognize that he's there and joy comes in the morning. So joy is a process, but people try to find instant joy. They try to do the things that will give them joy right away. So they look for the quick fix or the new thrill. They look for the new drug or the new relationship. And all of a sudden they realize that they're worse off than they were before because they weren't really looking for joy. They were looking for an adrenaline rush. And that doesn't take you anywhere. What's needed is lasting joy to take us through this journey of life. And then the psalmist said, Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. Now, if you're struggling a little bit trying to get to that next place in your journey, like, just picture these two words, towers over. So wherever you are, whatever struggle you're facing, just remember that God towers over the pain. He towers over the feelings of inadequacy. He towers over this thing that somebody has said about you. He's greater and he's going to last longer. That's the journey of joy. It happened a long time ago for these wise men, but it reminds us that it's part of life today. In a journey, the most important thing is the first step. So how do you take that first step on the journey today? Well, you recognize that God is with you. And that's what Christmas is all about. Emmanuel, God with us. So he's with you no matter what you're facing. This fourth truth about joy comes from a relative unknown in this Christmas story, and his name is Simeon. But in some ways, it's more shocking than the others. And that's the fact that joy is often at first scary. Like we don't know Simon as well as the wise men or the shepherds, and maybe his words aren't quite as inspiring as the angels' words, 
But listen to what he says when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to him in the temple for his dedication. He recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah. So verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, God has chosen this child to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel. He will be a sign from God that many will not accept. So here's this guy, Simeon, telling the truth about joy. And he says that there are some people that are going to fall when they hear the truth about Jesus. Other people are going to see this as an opportunity for great joy in their lives. So as you see the story play out, you see the reality of it. The people who fell were those who were already in power. The people who thought they had already made it or had something they could hang on to. And we talked about this in my life group or the table I was at on Wednesday evening. Like going to the people in our community, the people that have everything are the ones that are least likely to listen to faith through Jesus Christ. So the kings like Herod, they fell. The religious leaders like the Pharisees, they fell. It was the people who recognized that Jesus came to give them something they never had. Those were the people who found great joy. And the same thing is true today. And you and I need to realize that the scary thing about joy is that you actually have to let go of the thing that you're holding on to so that you can take hold of the joy that God is offering in your life. You can build your whole life on a plan of education. You can build it on a career, a marriage, a family, whatever. While thinking the thing that's going to, that that's the thing that's going to give you joy. But it's not happening. So you keep trying. And you keep trying to build a bit more, a bit more. And it's not working. But then Jesus comes along and he says, I want you to have a great family. I want you to have a great career. But that's not where joy is going to be found. The joy is found in connecting with me. You might actually have kind of a tough family to live in. And you might have a place of work that you don't really enjoy. But you can still have joy because you can connect with me. So picture it like this. You're hanging off the side of a cliff and you're holding on to one of those little trees that sticks out from there. And you're just holding on for dear life. And then someone throws a rope over the edge and you realize that this can save you. But to take hold of that rope, you have to take one hand off that little tree. And you're afraid that when you do that, you are going to plummet. Then Jesus comes along, like when we're struggling in our lives, and he throws us a rope, and he says, grab this rope, I want to give you joy. But to grab onto it, we have to do the same thing. We have to let go with at least one hand, and that's frightening. But this becomes the TSN turning point in your life. Are you going to face that fear? Are you going to reach out? And are you going to grab onto the rope that he is offering to you? If you do that, you will experience a rush of joy unlike anything you've ever experienced in your life before. So my question is, what's your branch? What thing are you holding onto for dear life, just hoping that it's going to give you joy? It's almost like we're gamblers sometimes. We think you know, one 
just one more pull of the lever, just one more deal of the hand. Maybe I'll get joy this time. But the truth is, that was never meant to give you joy. You were meant for joy in your relationship with God. That's why he sent Jesus into this world, so that you could grab onto that rope, as scary as it might be at times at that moment, and find joy. Now, the fifth truth comes from Mary, the mother of Jesus. And this is the fact that joy is a difficult choice. Like Mary was full of joy. She actually sang a song about joy, and it's recorded for us in Luke 1. And I just want to read verses 46 to 48. And she sang, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. She's got a lot of joy, but I want you to know something. This wasn't where it started with her. It was a decision that she made that got her here. And that was in Luke 1, verse 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. So if you have your Bible in front of you, you'll want to circle or underline those words, confused or disturbed or afraid. Because here's this teenage girl, and she's just been told that she is going to have a child even though she's a virgin. And, And she's saying, how am I going to explain this one, God? Like, who, who's going to understand this one, God? This isn't going to go over very well with my fiancé. It certainly isn't going to go over well with my parents. It isn't going to go over well with anybody. So she's confused, she's disturbed, and she's afraid. But just a few verses later, she's joyful. So what happened? It's because she made a difficult decision. She decided that She should trust in God instead of herself. And the thing about joy is that it scares you at first because you have to let go of what's familiar and you have to make the decision to trust Jesus instead of trusting in yourself. Jesus is our example in all of this because he decided to trust the will of his Father so he could experience joy. Look at Hebrews 12, verse 2. Let us look only to Jesus, the one who began our faith and who makes it perfect. He suffered death on the cross, but he accepted the shame as if it were nothing because of the joy that God put before him. And now he is sitting at the right side of God's throne. So he didn't want to go to that cross, but he trusted that what was on the other side was going to be so much better. So that difficult choice was going to be an amazing experience of joy for him. Too many people in our culture feel like we're almost there. If I could just be a little more healthy, if I could just have a job that was a little better, if I could just get that one promotion, if I had just a little more money, like if I could just earn a little more in the stock market this year. Like I just want to say, even if that happened, you wouldn't have joy because that's not where joy is found. The truth of the matter is that joy is found in trusting in God instead of trusting me. 
So this means that everyone can experience that joy today. Every one of us is equally able to experience the kind of joy that God is offering. And here's what Jesus was teaching his disciples the night before he was killed. It's in John 15, 11. I have told you these things so that you can have the same joy I have and so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. So he knows that he's going to die the next day and that on the third day after that he will be resurrected from the dead. And he knows that what is going to happen, but he says, I want you guys to have the fullest possible joy. And that's what Jesus wants for you, the fullest possible joy. And that's what he's working for in your life. And now the question is, are you going to cooperate with him? And how are you going to do that? Like, I can do what these people of the first Christmas taught me. I can stop chasing after what God has already sent. I can take that first step on the journey of realizing that God is with me. I can let go of the branch, that thing that I keep holding on to try and give me purpose and joy in life. And I can make the difficult decision to trust God instead of trusting myself. And the truth is that you could be a discouraged person the rest of your life because there actually is a lot in this world that can make you discouraged. And you could be an angry person for the rest of your life because there is a lot in this world that can make you angry. And you can be a bitter person and a cynical person for the rest of your life because there's a lot to be bitter and cynical about. But the story of Christmas, the good news, is that you can choose to be a joyful person because there is so much to be joyful about. The good news of God, the good plan of God, the good grace of God, the goodness of God in your life. You can choose to be a joyful person. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time and you've just kind of put joy on the back burner and it's time for you to bring that to the front in your life. Or maybe you need to make the difficult choice to trust God rather than yourself because you've made that decision to become a part of his family, but you just keep relying on your own strength and you're not finding that joy. Or maybe you've never trusted God with your heart in the first place and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. You'll never experience that real joy until Jesus is a part of your life.